Welcome to the Saints, the City and Me podcast. I'm Michael, and as always here, I'm with my wonderful co-host, Dan. We're the podcast that sends heartfelt international audio messages to our beloved city and team, all of whilst diving deep into the world of football fandom, cultural connections, and the enchanting spirit that defines the city. We're extremely honoured to welcome to the podcast, Jessica Honeycutt. Jessica is not just a resident of New Orleans, but also a mother, a yoga instructor, a movement and wellness specialist, and a two-time cancer survivor. Her incredible journey is a testament to her resilience, drive, determination, and ambition. And if that wasn't impressive enough, she's also the official yoga instructor for the New Orleans Saints. How are you, Jessica? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I was quite impressed by my little intro there, even though I stumbled over I, it about 18 well, times. Well, I, I honestly, that's one of the first times I've ever been referred to as a yoga instructor. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. What, what is it? What, what should we have said? No, no, no. It's the, it's the, it's the accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think there'll probably a few, be a few more incidents of that where the, uh, where the accent comes up and uh, there might be some sort of miscommunication as well. Um, Dan, what do you want to start with, my friend? Oh, wherever you, wherever you want, mate. I'm 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 good. Um, Jessica, it's wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on to to talk to us. Um, in terms of uh, how we connected with with Jessica, we it was actually on the back of our uh, chat we had with Doug Tatum, wasn't it? And uh, you commented on uh, his one of our posts, so uh, that that was how we uh, how we connected. Mm. So yeah, thanks. Social thanks media, and, the great, the I know. great hey. <laughs> hey, we. we I think we'll get into it in in the journey through this uh, this conversation. But yeah, we we uh, there are mo there are moments on social media that are wonderful. Um, it can also be assessed. It, it. Um, it is a it is a tool. With, it is a tool that can be used wisely and yes. Yeah, very <laughs> very un and very unwisely. And unfortunately, I think at the moment with things that are going on in other places of the world, we are seeing that. So. Um, yeah. I think the the first thing we'll we'll obviously go through the journey of your career and and how you eventually ended up back in the city. You're not obviously from the city originally. Um, my my first question would be, and this is sort of this is going not back to the beginning of your story, but just when was the first time that you went to the city? Because obviously you have gone back to it, but what what was it that sort of drew you in initially? Well, of course, it was a guy. Um, uh. <laughs> I, was, I, um, I was born in upstate New York. I grew up in, in southeastern Virginia. Um, and and I grew up in a very, uh, I, I grew up as a competitive swimmer. So that yeah. was my, you know, entry into like the sports world. Um, and it was really intense, you know, doing like a lot of, I mean, we trained like four, three, four hours a day, six days a mm. week, starting from the age of five to 17. Um, and I actually, I, I, my team was um, the Coast Guard Blue Dolphins. So we were based out of Yorktown, <laughs> Virginia, and our nearest rival team was um, North Baltimore Aquatic Club, which you may have heard of a young man named Michael Phelps. So, never, never heard of him. Yeah. Never heard of him. <laughs> he was, we we grew up like swimming. You know, meets. Um, he's obviously yeah. a, a few years younger, but um, but you know, grew up in that world, right? In a really individual sports, in a sports oriented world. And um, when I was uh, when I was eighteen, I decided to 
uh, go to art school in San Francisco, and my parents were mm. furious. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure they were. Uh, so that after you know had that many years invested in in athletics and swimming, um, I spent a little time in San Francisco, and and then um, I had a, a dear friend from Virginia who who was living in New Orleans. I think going to Tulane University. And I remember a phone call and I, I want to say, it, yeah, it was, it was before 9-11 because I very clearly remember, you know, him just saying, you got to get down to New Orleans. It's the coolest place I've ever been. And I remember writing a check that I knew was going to bounce, you know, <laughs> at the ticket counter, at the ticket counter <laughs> at the airport. And I just got on the first, I got on the first flight to, to New Orleans and he, um, he picked me up around midnight and drove me through the city and just kind of gave me this very like spirited, you know, tour and, and then ended up, you know, there were, as I'm sure you will know, there are many 24 hour spots, uh, this city. I mean, they say New York is the city that never sleeps. No, 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 no. No, um, no we, 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 we just had a, we had a, we had, we had the London games. Uh, we have one of the London games here at the weekend, which myself and Dan, we've got a oh, really good right. friend. We've got a good friend called Alex who was in. So that's why you guys were late this morning. Well, there are a few reasons why why we could be late for things, but and he was and he was moaning completely at the weekend about the fact that yeah, New York is the city that never sleeps, and that's a complete fallacy. It's a lie. Well, I just that that night that night it was it was almost it was honestly I mean it sounds dramatic to say now, but this was I mean this was in early 2001 and um like i, I want to say it it was in january because it was before mardi gras and and you know to just kind of come to this place sight unseen just based on one friend who knew mm. me real well and said i think you're really gonna like this place and and again i remember him driving me around that night and we stop into this little this little like little shack mm. and if i re if i recall the guy's name was Tuba Fats, and he was playing, you know, this big guy playing the tuba, and the room is packed, like people are like sardines. And if you have to use the restroom, Tuba Fats has to move off to the side. And like, the whole <laughs> place was just, you know, people were just, it was so the conviviality, like the spirit. Yeah. I'm getting actually chills just thinking about it, mm. not, not just because it's 74 degrees. Like, I, <laughs> I really. I just in it was like instantaneous. Yeah, I yeah. just felt I felt like I felt like I was home. Yeah. And so, you know, in over the ensuing gosh, that was two thousand one. So, you know, over the past twenty two years, I've lived in San Francisco, Los Angeles, like right in Hollywood, New York, Philadelphia. I've been to, you know, half a dozen or more countries. Um, but New Orleans has just mm. kept calling me back well it, it that sounds like a wonderful introduction to the city <laughs> um god yeah to having to having to push aside the musician on stage to use the restroom that, that's my kind of bar i mean it's it's um it's so it's so much fun i get excited actually i had um i had a a, a saints player um Tenno, who I just love dearly, he's a sweet yogi, and his um, his partner, uh, we we did some yoga, and then we got some lunch the other day, and we ended up, you know, just walking a few blocks from my house, and and there was 
there was a huge, you know, just outdoor open market with a street street fair and um, the band playing. I mean, it's like the mm. band that's playing down the street on the corner on a Saturday afternoon is is probably more talented than you know a performer that you'd pay a hundred dollars to see in any theater in any city in the world. Yeah. Um. So it's one of the things we say to people uh, when they go over first time. Say, oh, you're going to do the touristy stuff, but if you venture out into the, the neighborhoods and things, you see so much yes. more wonderful things that you wouldn't even yes. expect to see. Um, and that's exactly. so endearing about the city, being able to just stumble across these things and go, wow, this is better uh -huh. than I've seen at you know, Carnegie Hall or Madison Square Gardens or, or wherever, Staples Center, wherever you, you might live. You, you get you get better entertainment in the city on the corner than you do. Oh, yeah. Like Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just so now sort of going back now, timeline, I'm going to timeline jump now. So obviously you were the you're a competitive swimmer. Um, that was obviously that that's what I'm assuming that must have dictated all of your sort of teenage years because that, that type of sport does that. Um, what sort of happened then? Where, so that the swimming goes aside and then so the journey towards yoga, how, how does that start? Because, you know, obviously, I'm assuming that at that point it, it was nowhere near your life at that time. No, I mean, I never at the point when I was by the time I finished swimming when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, I, I, I never wanted to, to look at a pool again. Mm. It was, you know, and many, many, many kids that I swam with girls, you know, that I would beat when we were 12, 13, 14 went on to medal in the Olympics. And, and so yeah. it was like, I mean, for you, it's still I have zero doubt if you were to call my father right now, he could tell you what time I swam at what meet and what event, you know, yeah. in like 1996. It's it's wild. Um, mm. But but I, you know, and I, I don't want to make it too, too much of a point, but um, I have talked about this really openly. And um, yeah, and I, I was I was sexually assaulted when I was 15 years old. Um, and and so that very much uh, colored, you know, the rest of my life. But yeah. but particularly from the ages of 15 to about 25, about a decade, um, yeah. I was I was not well. I didn't no. I, I, physically, mentally. I mean, all all of the ways I, I, I was, you know, running away from home. I dropped out of high school, all, all of the things that you could imagine, all of the classic, yeah. like, like the classic, terrible TV movie, like mm -hmm. it was all of those things. Um, and so it really, you know, by the grace of God, like, when I got married, and then became pregnant with my son at 25 or 26 years old i mean that that was like i mean it was like a a switch flipped you know inside it, so me. That, i know i know you said almost, you both... yeah i was gonna say that's almost like the end of the spiral there's like a there's a real reason well it was a four yeah. it was and mm. well i i see i always think of it like um you know like steering like a really big ship it's like you yeah it yeah. turns slowly right so it's not like that you know, I think a lot of people, um, but whether it's in sports or health or healing, like people want this, they want the Instant. quick, they yeah. want the, like, yeah. give me the pill, give me the shot, give me the surgery, give me the injection, whatever it is, like, let's just fix it and move on. Um, you know, 
and that's not to say I didn't try those things too. Like, sure. I'm like, somebody help me. Why am I depressed and anxious? And why do I feel like I'm not sure that I belong on this planet and all, you know, all these terrible things. But when I became pregnant with my son is when I really started. So, you know, he's almost 15. So I've been deep into yoga for 15 years and, um, Mm. and it was really, truly, um, truly because of him that I felt like, okay, now, you know, I was taught that my body was a tool that was valuable when I was winning at swimming. Um, you know, and, and swimming too is it's like, it's interesting. I talked about this the other night with some of the players, a team sport versus an individual sport. You know, it's so different. Swimming is so cut and dry. It's like, you're literally, you're either a few hundredths of a second faster than you were the following meet or the prior meet or, or not very cut and dry. You don't have to depend unless you're in a relay, but like you don't normally have to depend on your teammates. You know, it's not a, you know, you train as a team, but then you, you perform. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, train of thought. (laughs) I I think we're we're at the point where obviously you've said, you know, you were talking to the Saints players about how it, how it works for an individual. So I think you're, when you had your son, so obviously that's, that's the point where you start, as you were saying, you start to turn that shit. Well, it becomes, it becomes not an individual life becomes not an individual sport anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You, yeah. you said you both, you both have yeah. children, so you understand. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you can't, you can't describe what it's like to somebody who doesn't have a kid, what it feels like to be a parent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there is, for me, it was just a switch that flipped. And that's yeah. when I really started diving into, um, health and healing and yogic practices. And, and it really, it was just, it was simply started by like, I had low back pain and I started doing physical therapy and then the physical yeah. therapy got me into Pilates and I did Pilates training. And then I started diving into yoga and I did, you know, many, many, many different styles and types of yoga training before I even began teaching. So, um, that was all just an evolution really born out of, um, born out of of physical and emotional pain yeah yeah and you're right you know I think I think Dan's probably wants to touch on this because today is you know uh well do you want to touch on it Dan yourself well no it's not it's not intentional I only realized this morning but it's a world mental health day today and Mike and I are both people who've um who have dealt with uh mental Mm. health challenges and things and uh you know to to your point I haven't experienced this same sort of trauma that you did but certainly my children were a big part of me realizing that I had to correct my thought process and, and work on me because it, it you know it is a it is a difficult place to be and you try and work your way through it and sometimes it just you just need that impetus to help you get yeah. going it's a, it's a big big thing to do uh to, like you say to turn that ship it's not something that just turns easily um, no. around oh. Again, and and you know there there are I have in the past used um, I mean I've I feel like I've gone down almost every different possible road with this right it's like every natural thing every Western thing mm-hmm. every doctor every style and type of therapy and and all yeah. the things right I've been you know I've spent a month up in the Himalayas and I've also spent you know a month 
in in a hospital. So, mm -hmm. um, I, and I think that like, again, to your point, thank you for mentioning that because to destigmatize, there have been times in my life where I have absolutely needed antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication or whatever, you know, it, whatever is necessary at the time. And then there are times where I'm able to, to manage because I feel, you know, that I have a strong community and I'm eating well mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's all very intentional and it's all very personal and it's all, so I yeah. think like, you know, to, to take away that stigma and that judgment, like we all struggle, trust me. Like yeah. I've mm -hmm. had the, you know, I've had the privilege of spending a lot of hours on the AstroTurf with these beautiful young men, right? So people who are, I'm, I'm 41. They're generally what, 22 to, I mean, yeah. you know, Drew Brees was an anomaly, but most of them are yeah. in their twenties. Um, and so, you know, in, in hours and hours and hours of, of talking, like, I, I just, I, I wish I really, this one thing I, I hope through social media that we can achieve is like understanding mm -hmm. that, we all suffer. We are all human like this. I told you guys, like I, I didn't even realize until two seconds before I opened my computer that we were going to be on video. And I was like, Oh shoot, let me just like throw on some <laughs> lipstick real quick. You know, I, I went, but, Jessica, like, I was exactly the same. I was throwing on my <laughs> lipstick. I put my high heels on. It's all good. <laughs> Got your Saints shirt, Saints hat, yeah. Saints gear. Um, I did, I did throw my, my little crucial catch pin on. Um, but, but you know the 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 what we see and what we hear, whether it's on TV, on on social media, on our screens, uh, you know, is is often is a facade and it's and it's nonsense. Yeah. And I think the more oh, real yeah. people can get, like, the 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 better served we all are. No, you're and yeah. like Dan touched on it there as well about it. You know, it takes a long time to turn that ship, as you know, your analogy was. I'm exactly the same. You know, myself and Dan can touch on our our, our personal relationship, but. You know, I'm 52 years of age and I had quite a lot of trauma in my childhood because both my parents were alcoholics. Um, and it only I only started really working on myself probably about three years ago. All that time, I was wondering why there were there were certain issues that I had, whether it be from, you know, social anxiety or all manner of things. Um, you know, and it wasn't until, to be fair, it was a little bit, my, my eldest son suffered a little bit and we used to talk about it. And then it was almost like a discovery to myself that, you know, I'm talking to my own flesh and blood about mental health. So I, I should be happy to talk to anybody about mental health situations and try and, you know, try and help myself as well as help others. Myself and Dan met on uh twitter as two saints fans who lived in london and and ended up going to a gig together that's that's how myself and dan met we went to see hot eight brass band in london but i think our our friendship really really developed because later was it that yeah it was later that year wasn't it dan we went to i'd been to new orleans yeah i i'd been to new orleans and i went up to new york and i met dan and his family in new york and we went to a saints game in new york um but over those couple of days that's where myself and dan spoke you know quite openly to each other about the problems that we'd have from a, a mental health perspective and i think that changed our relationship i think it really did and, and you know and that's that's why we're here today and that's also you know we're on a, yeah. we're on a podcast and we're happy to talk about it because as you said you know if you know 
if if you can show that it's it's all right to talk about this sort of stuff then maybe somebody else will pick that up yeah. and, and they'll it, run with it, it as well it is it is and i i love that even the progress in the past i mean the progress really is 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 happening by leaps and bounds and unfortunately mm. i think you know covid was such a disruptor for everybody worldwide and yeah. i think that you know, not just, I mean, it was wild being at work with the saints. I was wearing a tracking device. We had to stand, I mean, oh, God, imagine yeah. te teaching yoga, like standing 20 feet away from them. And I mean, it was just, we had to go through, we had to get COVID tested every day. And it was just, there was a lot that went into it. And, and I say that to, to mean that I think everybody suffered, especially yeah. during those years, mentally, you know, physically, financially, all of it. Um, but you know, it was really, it was in 2016 that I was living in Philadelphia and doing um, a after school program for, for kids, um, for kids there. And the first day of this program, like 115 year old boys showed up for after school yoga. And I thought, what in the world? Mm. And I said, I said, what are you guys doing here? And this kid goes, well, uh, ma'am, we play basketball and we heard LeBron does yoga. Yeah. And I Googled it when I got home. And sure enough, an interview had, had recently come out or he was on ESPN or something, you know, saying that yoga really upped his basketball game. And then as a result, you have 100 inner city kids in Philadelphia who want to show up for a voluntary after school yoga program. That to me is the power, right? That's the power. Yeah. And that, that is actually that is absolutely 100 percent when the light bulb went off for me of like, yeah, huh? wait a minute, this is interesting because I yeah. can teach and talk about yoga and mental health. And to me, yoga, like the physical postures of yoga or whatever, it's, I mean, that's, that's just the, you know, that's just life. You should move and whatever way that makes you feel good. It's, it's yeah. the, the other aspects of it that really, you know, call and speak to me, but that was mm. when the light bulb really went off. And now you've got, you know, LeBron partnering with the calm app and all these, these mm. kind of, things that you know i'm glad people are speaking up about yeah absolutely. yeah, I did, yeah I a, sorry i was gonna say i did a session at work recently for, uh, we did a mental health week and i actually spoke on a a, a a panel about it and said to people the biggest thing is to talk to that's the starting point talk to each other and they talked about the merits of calm and i personally use headspace for my mm -hmm. um for when i need to do my um you know take my time and, and the word escapes me now i use it all the time but i'm Oh yeah, so all my mindfulness and stuff um, I do through that. So it just really does help. Absolutely. Well, and that's and it's a universal thing too. You know, I honestly, I, I, you know, I am a yoga teacher, but I, I've, I've shifted more towards just saying like movement, uh, mobility, mindfulness, that kind of thing, because because at this point, you know, I, I do specialize um, in and and I just I feel like you know, a huge misconception with yoga is that it's some, is this like a religion or do I have to speak mm. a different language mm. or it's no, 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 no. You know, and all I'm doing, especially with the saints is applying yoga mobility and alignment and mindfulness principles into a, a format that works if you're a pro athlete, right? These guys yeah. are NFL players. They're training for hours and hours and hours a day. I'm not trying to change anything they do on the field. I'm not coaching them on play, none of that. I'm teaching mm. them how to take a deep breath, 
yeah. how to stretch properly so we can do, you know, prehabilitation, as I call it, as opposed to, you know, it's much easier to stay healthy than it is to recover after a mental or physical injury. Right. Yeah. Um, so so those are those are the things. And these are all simple things, um, you know, that can apply to anyone. You don't have to be a pro athlete. It doesn't matter what you do, where you are. If you are a human being, if you can breathe, if you can take a deep breath. That is yoga. That is mindfulness. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it. Sorry, Dan. Go on. I would say that was a surprise <laughs> me when I started to work on myself. It was, it was essentially just my breathing. And yeah, just it's wild. Just, your breathing is, is so important. It's so wild. Okay, because I, so as a swimmer, imagine, right, you actually are taught. So I trained my entire life to breathe through my mouth. You take a, you mm. turn your head to the side, you take a quick sip of air through your mouth. Now that served me very well in swimming. I will never forget before it was, I, you know, sometime in the nineties, it's like, I was maybe 12, 14 years old swimming, training for junior Olympics for the first time about to go to junior Olympics. And I, I get to one end of the pool and all of a sudden I'm, I'm choking and I like throw myself over to the side of the pool. Ambulance comes, they take me to the Naval, um, to the, the Coast Guard base hospital. And, and long story short, they give me an inhaler and they say, you have exercise induced asthma. Here you go. Here's your inhaler. And I carried that thing around for about a decade yeah. until I was in my early twenties and I was living in, in Los Angeles and I walked into Cedar sinai hospital one day and I told them I was having a heart attack and they put all the machines and everything. And then, um, I'll never forget this nurse coming over and saying, honey, this is anxiety. You had a panic attack that I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm having a heart attack. I'm dying. Are you like, yeah. listen to me. And she's like, no baby. No. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, I was that. the first. I know that. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, oh my God. I think I know it's in, and yeah again it, it's one of those things just when you talk about it there it's yet yeah, again I think both myself and Dan can attest to this I, I, I had I had my first major panic attack when I was uh, I just turned 40. Uh, I was on a uh, tube which is um, uh, the underground train system in London I was on a tube going to work and yeah I thought I was having a heart attack um, I got off the train, uh, I somehow got to work and then I lit, I had another one again and they phoned an ambulance for me because they thought yep. I was having a heart attack. It's yeah, again, you, but you go to the hospital and to be fair to them, they were absolutely brilliant with me because, you know, I, I, I felt embarrassed about all of this, you know, firstly, my reaction to having a panic attack. Secondly, the time I'd wasted for these people who have got very important jobs to do. But to be honest with them, to be fair to them, they were absolutely wonderful with me. Um, you know, they, you know, they said we see it all the time. It is one of the scariest things in the world because you do believe you're having a heart attack. And that's not it's something. So and every, you know, yet again, we've we've all had to, you know, we've all had to work on on our, well, our way through though. You know, I think to me, the breathing, and again, the the older I get and the the more I um, you know, study the more I just feel as if, um, you know, and again, I've done all kinds of like wild trainings and here's this position with your leg behind your, you know, head and all it's <laughs> to me at this point, I feel like the benefit of yoga is just like, if I can just take a few more deep breaths throughout mm -hmm. the course of each day and make each day 
a little bit more mindful, a little bit more, then that's literally all I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. You know, breathing, breathing is, you've watched your children be born, right? It's the first thing yeah. you, you want to, you want to hear the baby cry. You want to know that they're breathing. Yeah. yeah. It's the first, it's the first thing you look for at the beginning of life. And then I've had the dubious honor of watching my mother take her last breath. Yeah. So breath is the first thing that comes and the last thing to go. And so in yoga, they often say that it's um, it's simply it's like the quality of our breath that determines our quality of life and that humans, we have a finite number of breaths. It's yeah. simply how yeah. quickly or slowly we use them up. And I find that and that's all I'm trying to do as a yogi or a yoga teacher or just a human being. That's literally all I'm trying to do is as many times as I can throughout the course of the day to remind myself and any of my students, Saints players included, just take a deep breath. Just pause for just a second. You know, yeah. there's mm -hmm. like one of my favorite. I love Demario Davis is one of my and his wife, Tamala, and their whole family are like my they're just wonderful actually demario told <laughs> i had a group hug with Jameis and demario after practice on friday and and demario looked at Jameis and i and he was like you're my two favorite jays in all louisiana i was like oh <laughs> so um but you know i say to to people like demario who is you know man of god like that's his that is is not just like his brand that's who he is, that's who he, is. I mean, he, yeah. he could yeah. not be you know he he's one of the best human beings i've ever ever met um and i say things to him like you know like yes demario you're you're a man of faith like you go to church you you pray right he's like yes yes of course well prayer is when you talk to god meditation is when you listen mm. yeah I, I saw you i saw a thing when you said that and i thought it was really really yeah good. i think it's one of the most profound especially yes. for people who are deeply and devoutly religious i think it's a yeah. really really profound point because yeah. how often and i don't care whether you are an atheist or any religion it doesn't it is not that that's that aside when you know how much do we talk it's, you can yeah. know that when they say God gave yeah. you two ears and one mouth because you're supposed yeah, to listen yeah, yeah. twice as much yeah. as you speak, you know, like when do we let the messages and this is sports psychology. This is flow state performance. This is all of it. I mean, mm. these guys, they are training so much. It's like take you have to recover. You have to like reset just yeah. as much as you're training. Mm. I suppose being being present as well because they can't as an athlete you can't think about the things you did wrong all the time you've got to, and that was part for, for me with my anxiety it was being present and not letting my mind go somewhere where it was going to take me to a worse place so I can imagine yeah. from, being, from an athlete point of view having to just reset and carry on going it must be incredibly important for them mentally we, yeah we talk about I, and again another conversation with Demario I remember um a, year, a few years ago, I actually was after Kobe Bryant passed away. Um, we talked about that idea of the Mamba mentality and, and having that kind of like, you've got your persona, like I am a certain person when I'm teaching a yoga class, that is, I'm in my element. I don't have to think, I don't have, it's like, 
it's like you could tie my hands behind my back, close my eyes, and and I got mm. I got it. Like I I can serve a function there, right? But off the mat or off the field, you know, you can't that same intensity that might serve you really really well, you know, in a in a football game you can't carry that into your home with your babies or your wife or, you know, yeah. they have to have this kind of like mental separation. And, and to that end, I think, um, I think that over, what was it? Maybe six, six years that I had the, the honor of, of, you know, orbiting around Drew Brees. Um, I've never met a person who's so intently focused and, you know, his mind, like he's, he was like, kind of, he was actually, I told him this, like a total hundred percent already a yogi. He just had to learn the actual physical movements, mm, right? Mm. For me, the physical movements came easy. I had to learn the mental stuff. Drew Brees yeah. had the mental game already, like, no, he just yeah, had yeah. to learn like the actual, you know, stretches. Yeah. So, and, you, and, you um, know, and you, you, you could see that with him. You could see that with the way that he lived his life with his family. Oh my gosh. And it's, the way it that was he performed, yeah, it, it's like they were. I mean, I've never seen that cat like yeah. that caliber. It's just like when you know, it's the same thing. It was the same thing growing up. I remember this swim meet when Michael Phelps was probably like ten years old, nine or ten, and I was. I mean, I I don't know how much older I am. I was probably maybe fourteen, fifteen, something like that. It was like everybody in the whole, you know, what do you call it, natatorium, and everyone in the whole everyone around the pool was like, who is this kid? Like, holy moly. Mm. You know, I remember, yeah. I remember parents getting his autograph when he was 10 years old, because it Jeez. was that obvious that he's yeah. that good. That's how Drew, I mean, Drew, like I could say, Drew, turn your right toes out 10 degrees and he's there like with a protractor. I mean, and he's the most focused, <laughs> like, you know, just does not like you, you talk to him and you think that you're the only person that exists on the planet. Never yeah. is he looking at his phone or thinking about like just, you know, he'd sit and do his Bible study. He would sit and do his his specific like he is very regimented and very routine yeah. and so, so, so disciplined. And that's that's, you know, the little things like, obviously, I'm not, you know, I don't have a, a hundred something million dollar contract. So like the stakes yeah. are a little bit, <laughs> a little lower. <laughs> but if I can find just like, you know, I'll tell the players, choose three things that you do every single day. And they can be the, the more mundane, the better, like getting into your car or brushing your teeth or getting into the shower or sitting down to a meal. And each time you do one of those like three simple things, just pause a second, like yeah. just for a moment, just mm. take a deep breath, let your shoulders relax. Like, like just be present. It's like, whether yeah. it's gratitude for the food or whatever it is, you can use the opportunity brushing your teeth to like take deep nose breaths. So to go back to that as a swimmer being trained to breathe through my mouth, my entire life, there's a wonderful book that drew and I both read concurrently when he had punctured his lungs a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a book called Breath by a man, James Nestor. Um, this is not a paid 
sponsorship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he he goes. It's called. I think the the subtitle is like the. It's like the new science of like this lost ancient art or something to that effect, where he talks about how nose breathing is so far superior. Um, so you'll see, like you might have seen athletes. I think it at the one of the tennis tournaments recently, there was like an athlete with their mouth taped. Like you'll yeah, see yeah. people do that because because this is this is anxiety. It's like shallow mouth chest you know yep. chest breathing where you're yeah. like no 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 everyone says oh in through your nose out through your mouth no 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 if i can if i can like make one <laughs> point in through your nose out through your nose for most people most of the time that yeah. is optimal there are many different ways of breathing again as long as you're breathing great yeah. you're alive but is this slows your nervous system. It has so many amazing effects and it is just far, far superior from an athletic standpoint and from just a human level. But I, 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 it's funny pointing on that because uh, um, a lot of people sleep like that now, don't they? A lot of people take their mouth to sleep. Um, so I'm assuming that same of the part, same part of the, the philosophy of, 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 of breathing, but you know, yeah, I don't, it's I don't, a, you know, that yeah. diaphragmatic, those deep breaths that, again, um, you know, in some of the most difficult times of life, whether it was like giving birth to my son or, you know, sitting in a chemo chair for four hours, getting a chemo infusion, you it's like, again, I was I was an athlete my whole life. I'm you tell me to do a, a thousand planks, you know, great. Mm. You tell me to sit still. Yeah. <laughs> Much harder. We've got a problem. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Just you, you sort of touched on that, and yet again, it's you know, it obviously, it, it, see, everything seems aligned because obviously, in in this country, in October, it's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, so there's um, there's lots of charity events that go on that surround that sort of thing. Obviously, in the NFL, you have Crucial Catch. Um, which obviously raises a lot of money, but raises a hell of a lot of awareness about, you know, sort of care and, and, and from a cancer perspective. You sort of touched on it there, Jessica, that obviously you you sort of sitting in a chair getting a, a, a chemo infusion. Uh, thankfully, you've you've battled cancer and, and you've won through. But I know obviously your your story is it, it, it's got sadness through cancer lying through it, because obviously I know your your mother passed away with cancer, didn't she? And um I think it was not long after that you found out also that that you had cancer. Yet again, from the perspective of you as an individual, how how did you get through that period? Because that's you know that I mean I I, I lost both. My I mean the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, like there's really no. I mean, <clears throat> we actually today's tuesday yeah last tuesday we did the um we did a, a dinner at the saints practice facility on the on the indoor football field um for the hospital system where i was treated and which is also connected you know with with the saints yeah. um miss miss benson is one of the most prolific ph philanthropists and just wonderful people. I mean, we, there's a reason that people feel so, you know, just 
just drawn to like this team in this city. And, and I'll go back to that because we, I mean, we have to talk about the Super Bowl and Katrina and how that all plays into how much people feel so deeply tied to yeah. this team. But Mrs. Benson, um, you know, I was treated at the Benson Cancer Center um, and we, you know, thankfully, you know, post COVID this year was the first year we were able to, to do another dinner on the field for, for cancer survivors and their families. Um, and there were a handful of Saints players who came out, you know, again, donating their time on their day off uh, when, you know, they have families and all kinds of yeah. obligations as well. Was, you know, Keith Kirkwood and Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid and and just, you know, a handful of other guys, Pete Warner, like they were all so sweet. And and it was, you know, it was 100 something people. And we just had a dinner and we we really just chatted, um, you know, you ask, how did I get through cancer? I mean, my mom passed away and I, people thought that I was crazy when I said, I feel like something's wrong. I, I really feel like yeah, I'm yeah. sick. Cause it was like, it was like nine months later. It was, it was barely, yeah. you know, it was less than a year. Um, so I've told this story where, you know, I found out, unfortunately the way the, the system is in, in the U S I, you get like a, get like a message and you're before the doctor is able to call you. So, um, mm. and that's just, those are the, there's just legal legality, but, um, but so I, you know, I, I get eventually a phone call and I remember like crying so much and then I went to work and, and I totally taught normally, like I had all these guys and I remember afterwards I started crying and then Mark Ingram says to me, you know, Jess, what's wrong? He's another, you know, one who was like one of my yogis from day one and, and yeah. dear, I mean, I consider him like a little brother. Um, you know, he's like, I, you know, there's no crying in football. I don't, I don't cry at work ever. So he yeah. sees me cry and he's like, what's up Jess? And I told him, you know, I was just diagnosed with, with breast cancer and he's like, he just, I mean, and for, you know, a young, a younger person too, it's yeah. like, you know, and this is your teacher who's crying. It was, you know, I, I felt a little guilty, but he just, I mean, he was just gave me the biggest hug. He's like, Oh, Jess, you're going to be great. Like, we got this, you got this, you yeah. know? And, um, and, and then that was it. And, and then, you know, it was like, they were so great and they rallied behind me and Brittany Breeze and Drew Breeze, I cannot say enough about them. So many players who gave me hugs or, you know, donated toward my medical fund or were just so incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that was great. And then we made the, you know, I was the NFL crucial catch and we got to make this beautiful story that aired nationally mm. and really like did bring awareness and attention yeah. um, to just early detection and health screenings and the importance of like trusting you know, listening to your body and, and things like yeah. that and, and just getting tested because it's scary. Like it's scary. Yeah. Um, but you know, we gotta you just you gotta do it. The earlier the better. Um yeah. so I honestly could not have been I, I, I truly I could be more shocked when I found out that it recurred that quickly. It was just yeah. last last April. It was like I found out a week before my 40th birthday. So I was like floored. Um, and you know, that time, luckily most of my, most of my chemo was, was before training camp started, but, um, yeah. I, I scheduled it. I literally scheduled it around the saints schedule. <laughs> Cause I've never, I just, well, I, I, mean. I've, I have not missed a day of work and I, I, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't bear it because 
those are that's my team like i've yeah. got my son here right but i don't mm. have any other family here um no. and and that's that's my team yeah so, but also that that that's i've heard you speak and i'm sure dan has about the fact that your your love for what you do so you, you to you it, it yeah of course it's a job of course it, it it raises money for you to live your life but you it you actually it, it's not viewed as a job for you it, it's almost part of your lifestyle i've seen you where you say you know not many people in life say i get up early to go to work you know i'm fully excited i stay there and that yeah, again, in, when you're going through what you're going through, that's it's almost like you're as you're saying, you're sort of touching on it. It's almost going towards a different family, isn't it? I've seen the quote that I think has come up a few times about uh, I think it's a village beats cancer. That's you know, and that's sort of what you had around you, I'm sure, at the at the organization. Is you said a lot of people who are there and very supportive. Just the guy, yeah. I mean, and 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 the players too. I have to give them mm. credit. Like these are young men, you know. Yeah. And and I I love you know some of them have their high school or college sweethearts that they're with, and some of them are you know young and single, and they're all they're all from every different possible. I mean, every different possible walk of life that you could ever imagine from every economical like every i've had guys who are like philosophers from har like electrical engineering major from harvard you know things yeah. like that just all over but to their credit like i mean they were just so incredibly supportive guys guys just like you know i remember michael thomas coming over and and he's he has not he's not a yogi but he you know came over and made a point to have a really heartfelt, sweet conversation with me, you know, things like mm. that, that, that mean the world. And I will, I will never forget, you know, I will never forget doing my last chemo last, it was just over a year ago. Um, yeah. you know, I did the infusion in the morning. It takes like four hours and they, they, part of the process is that they give you, you know, steroids because otherwise, I mean, you just, you have to have them with the chemotherapy. Yeah. And, and so it was, you know, you're, you're really like, I, I have like 36 hours of like, I can, you know, do whatever. So I went, I, I went <laughs> straight out to work right after and I will never forget walk. And I mean, I had, I had no hair. I had no eyebrows, no eyelashes. I could barely, you know, stand up and I walked out there and I will never forget Jameis and Demario and Mark Ingram ripping my last chemo bracelet off of my wrist and mm. like giving me a hug you know so yeah yeah, yeah. and that you know they that in in all things and that you know obviously for you there's horror because of the cancer but obviously you see that sort of human side to other people and as you're saying it's yeah a lot of them are young men and i sort of think a lot of these guys you know maybe 21 22 23 even 25 26 and you know, they, that, that's it's not something they're experienced in, but to just be able to have that ability, that age, to comfort, I, yeah, I would have, I would have run away from that conversation at that age. That's a testament. To yeah, hundred percent. Most people, oh, I have people my age or older than me who couldn't, you know, handle mm. that. And and that's the thing too is like, you know, I think it's like you can't take you can't take things personally. Other people's behavior. It's no. it's. I under I understand that these are difficult conversations. Mm. Um, who's there's a football player there's a former player who doesn't he have a podcast or a show called like difficult conversations with a black man and he he literally puts himself out there and he just talk he talks about race and things that are a manual a manu, i want to 
I, I, I think I recognize now. what you, yeah, I do. I think I've heard of it. I don't know who the individual is. I think uh, these things are just like this at, at it, to me. At yeah. 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 You know, like this is what, you know, and I said, I repeated the same thing last Tuesday at the dinner. This is the last reason I ever thought that I would be, you know, standing on a stage or talking into a microphone. Like I yeah. did not want to be the cancer poster child for the saints no. uh, or for the city or for, you know, anything. But, but here we are because that's what, you know, that's the, the hand that life dealt me. I mean, yeah. we all deal with adversity, you know, it's, I have a really, deep love for for Jameis Winston and a, and a really deep connection with him and and his wife and his you know two beautiful kids as well um you know it's it's it really it is a really true like test and show of character when people deal with adversity like it really yeah. shows you who people are you know it's it's all easy when you're winning and you're you know scoring touchdowns and you walk you're walking in like you know it's i mean just like going to work yesterday it's like what was the yeah. score 34 nothing like that's it you know it was it was good energy it's at a good work day yesterday. it's a good day yeah yeah <laughs> um you know we do motown mondays so um so, <laughs> so it was you know good times all around but um I think the true test is, you know, when people deal mm. with difficulty, mm. with adversity, uh, whether it's injury, physical or mental, um, and how you deal with and how you recover from that. It's yeah. like the, the, I can't remember, I want to say it's Miles Davis quote or, or Thelonious Monk, where it's like, there's no such thing as a wrong note, because it's the one that you play afterwards that makes it right or wrong. Yes. Is that, yeah. you know, so I feel like the same, it's the same is true in life, in football, it, it, you know, it, it, with anything. I listen to a lot of like motivational stuff um, uh, when I'm feeling like I need to be picked up. One of the things is that like, it's what you do when the chips are down. That's mm -hmm. how, you, how you react to things. That's it. That's what defines, that sounds quite, it almost defines you as a person, how you, how you deal yeah, with it's that. A, um, it's, in, it's, in a, it's a reflection, it's a reflection of your character, isn't it? And, yeah. you know. You, you unfortunately and fortunately at times you see people's true colours in adversity um, and, and that's just the way life is. And I think, Jessica, you touched on it earlier. Some people are just not equipped to deal with it. Um, maybe not not because they're awful people, they're just, they're, they're just not equipped to deal with well, it. Well, the challenge can't. is to not take it personally. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think uh, just... I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, Jessica, where you were saying about maybe have a, a quick conversation about the, the character of the people there. You were saying about Katrina, the Super Bowl. From your point of view, obviously you'd visited the city um, and obviously you're now sort of enveloped in the city. What, what does that character, what is that character about, would you say? Regarding Katrina and the Saints and the city, I really, so having moved here in 2001 fell in love with it lived here for a while worked at a the famous there's a famous uh jazz or famous club called tipitinas if you've heard of it yeah. um yeah. <laughs> it's right down the street from my house uh you know was working there then spent some time in europe and then you know decided i wanted to move back to california always with this idea that like new orleans became again from the moment i stepped foot here it was like i'm like this is my home yeah. But I know I want to do some other things and see some other places before I come back here. Um, so I was living in in Hollywood when Katrina happened, and 
I had just moved from here, was living in LA, and I will never forget the horror of watching that on television. And I felt this like, like I, I actually, I felt guilty that I wasn't here. Like I felt mm. it was like I was watching my friends and my like, it was it was devastating. I saved. I I, I still have the the front page of the L.A. Times from from the yeah. day after that. Um, and that was. You know, that was unfortunately a natural disaster that that was greatly compounded uh, by political um, inadequacy. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, but but that aside, um, you know, there's the Superdome is was was the shelter, right? That was one of the main yeah. shelters during Katrina. And yeah. so the Superdome is one of. I think the only, you know, major sports arenas in the world, maybe where people, well, I won't say in the world, but definitely in the United States, um, that people have died en masse, right? Not yeah. from like an escalator breaking or there's a fight that breaks mm -hmm. out, but I mean, you know, people in a, in a disaster, you know, using that as shelter and, and mm. everything that went on afterwards. So, you know, the team was obviously gone for a little while and then, um, you know, flash forward, I think it was, it was 2008. My son was born 2009, early that year, uh, we moved back here and we're living here. I will never forget that game when we mm. won. Mm. It was like, <laughs> I was at a friend's house down the street, actually, on, uh, on Chapatula's. Uh, which is uh, parallel to the Mississippi River, yeah. And and we watched the game, and a friend of mine at the time, it was like unreal. He grabbed he, he grabbed his trumpet. He's a trumpet player. He grabs his trumpet and he just walked out of the front door to the house, and he starts playing when the Saints go marching in and walking up to Magazine Street. And by the time we hit Magazine and Napoleon, there, this is the, on the corner, you, you might also be familiar with Miss Mays is another famous like 24 hour bar. So we get to Miss Mays, we're at the corner of Magazine and, uh, and Napoleon Avenue and he's playing when the Saints go marching in. There's now like a hundred people behind us. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was absolute pandemonium. You know, it was yeah. crazy. The buses, the police, everybody was just like, whew. it was really the true sign. Like that was, the, I think for me and I think for many, many, many other people, that was the sign that New Orleans was here to see. Yeah. Because yeah, after yeah. Katrina, people were like, oh, let's, you know, it's knock it down. It's going to be underwater anyway. Is it even worth rebuilding? You know, no, no, no. That single, like that game, that Super Bowl reinvigorated the city, brought hope to me and so many other people. Mm. And, you know, the parade afterwards and everything, it was wild. I, I um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll yeah. never forget it. And it really, really did so much for the morale of this city. Mm. Yeah. I think this is part of what I, I've said this before. I think the Saints and the city and the city of New Orleans are one of the only places I can think of where you inspire such passion amongst fans who aren't from there as well. So we will defend New Orleans like we were yeah. born and raised there. And I think that's what the people, our friends who are from there, they've almost installed instilled that in us. It's like, to, it's like, yeah, we're not, we don't live there. We haven't lived there, but I'm going to fight for it because I love it yeah. and to love the people. And it's a, one of my favorite places in the planet. 
on the planet to be. Absolutely. And it just they just install it in you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's inescapable. I mean, I've I've traveled, like I said, I've traveled around quite a bit. And you say like, you know, you a lot of places you go, you say you're American. They're like, whatever. <laughs> but you say, I, so I always make a point to say I'm from New Orleans. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Jasper, Louis Armstrong. You know, it's you're received very, very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say, yeah, but a lot of people say they're Canadian, don't they? They go, no, I'm Canadian. <laughs> but saying New Orleans is much <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, and it's it's the thing about it is I I don't think anywhere else in America does a team reflect the city and as much as the city reflects the team. That it, it's just it, they it's almost like they live as one. Um, absolutely, I, I and, tell people this all the time when people trans when transplants come, you know, it's like, and they I have other you know friends who are yoga instructors and they're trying to schedule you know events or classes and things. I'm like, you need to understand. Listen to me now. There are three things, <laughs> three things that this city revolves around: is Mardi Gras, yep. Jazz Fest, and the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. And and thankfully, myself and Dan have had the opportunity to go to all three of those, haven't we, mate? In the last two years. Um, yeah. So we, yeah, we were Jazz Fest this year, Mardi Gras last year, and we've been to the Saints, and we're coming over again in in November. So we're um, we've we're very fortunate people we really are um i i just want to ask you something so i'm gonna just say a few random words jessica and i want you to to tell me what this is about so it's two uk scientists a truck a boat machetes crocodiles monkeys and big cats what does that mean to you (laughs) wait is this an iq test because i feel no 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 all right, I'll give hey. you another clue. I'd Belize. say Belize. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, oh, Belize and yeah, okay. Yeah, because obviously With machete, what is, is it, yeah, that rings. Yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, sorry, I, I, that was what me and Dan are gonna pack when we're coming over the yeah. No, that's not gonna be mate. No, no, no. But um no, so because this is because this is ties in with sort of you coming back to the city. Yes. And you you'd made you'd made a decision that you were going to come back and you were going to do something. You touched on the uh, when you were in Philadelphia and the children there who came mm-hmm. in um, because of what LeBron James was doing. LeBron, yeah, yeah, um, and that that sort of was a mixture of I think you you had it in your own mind at, anyway, but also I think that sort of cemented it in your mind that actually right this is what I'm going to do. So that and did the trip to Belize sort of help instill that sort of mentality of this is what I'm going to do. It was, it was, it was that, yeah, it was 2016. It was that, um, you know, at the time I was getting divorced and, and I, I knew very, very well, like, you know, if I, if I choose to be a single mom and, and live this, like pursue, you know, this thing that I'm very passionate about and feel so deeply about, if I'm going to be a yoga instructor, single parent, like I, I, I understand, I, I knew that I was making a choice that it was you know, a labor of love that it was not a get rich quick scheme. Right. So like Mm -hmm. 2016, you know, I want to get out of Philadelphia. I know I want to get back to new Orleans. I've had this kind of light bulb go off where I'm teaching these kids and seeing how, you know, one professional athlete's words can inspire hundreds. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, literally it was like probably the smallest interview. Um, you know, so these light bulbs are going off. And then I did a yoga retreat with a, a wonderful teacher of mine in, in Belize. And, and I spent time 
afterwards, like a week or so, just, you know, traveling around on my own. And as I often, I, I mean, I almost always travel alone and I like to just, you know, go and see and, and see what happens and where life takes me. And it was, yeah, it was just kind of this, this, um, I ended up wandering, you know, meeting, I actually, they were British. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a term for it when you, arachna, people who study spiders scientists who study spiders for a living they were well, british a british couple yeah. arachna arachna something yeah well, well, I'm sure you would be. yeah yeah I, I i don't know what the term is <laughs> but uh, they were this british couple and um they invited me to come into this like their deep kind of like jungle space where they were studying spiders and you know so I go through all these, you know, I see jaguars and we're at machetes and we're on boat rides and I'm taking, I'm on like a one person plane. I mean, it was just, it was wild. It was kind of like all these things of like, what are you scared of? Basically mm. like what you're getting divorced. Like, okay. Uh, what, you don't know where your life is going to go next. How are you going to support this child? Like, how are you going to get to, you know, it's to me, I got fired from every job I ever had before I started teaching <laughs> yoga because I kept I kept not understanding why I couldn't just sit at a desk and do data entry like other people, you know, <laughs> um, and and I really thought it was me. I thought there was something yeah. wrong with me. Um, and so yoga was really, you know, the thing it was like the obvious choice and, and just through kind of like the perspective of you know, getting a divorce and being in a different country and kind of taking all these like big wild risks, um, right. Going with strangers who hand you a machete and are like, be careful. They're leopards, you know, uh, don't worry. There's an electric fence that we activate at night. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I, I remembered very distinctly thinking like, okay, what are like, really like, come on, honeycut, what are you scared of? So that was, yeah, yeah. that was it. And I just, um, when I got back from that trip, I, I, um, I Googled, I did a lot of Googling and I quickly realized, you know, football, obviously the only sports I, I never played <laughs> growing up. So I did a lot of Googling and I, I found, um, the man who's the head of strength and conditioning, Dan Dalrymple. Yeah. He's like my mentor and dear friend, um, now. And, and at the time I just, I literally like, I listened to podcasts that he was on and I read as much as I could about him. And I wrote a little bullet pointed report, you know, yoga for elite athletes. And, and I really kind of just tried to like parse it down to, you know, this is what yoga is. This is why it'll benefit your players. Um, and, and, you know, these are the results that, that you'll get. And, yeah. and so I literally, I just, I, I didn't even tell Dan that I wasn't living in New Orleans at the time. I was still technically mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. So I flew down here and, and I sat in the lobby every single day from nine to five. And it was, mm. I gave myself one week and, and again, like this, you know, it was just, it was like by the grace of God, like on the last day, he, I think the receptionist emailed him and, um, and took, you know, he came out. She took pity on you. Took yeah, pity on you. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very polite because now yeah. mind you, I was not the only person who came into the Saints lobby thinking that they were going to get a job. I mean, there was, I remember one guy came in off the street and he, he walked straight up and he's like, I'm here to see coach Peyton. And the receptionist <laughs> is like, is, is he expecting you? And he's like, the guy goes, no, but he should be. Cause I'll, I'm going to be the new assistant, you know, head coach. And this lady was like, 
we'll, I'll okay. take your number and have him get back to you, you know? But I just sat yeah. there very politely and I was smart yeah, enough yeah. to, I think I like brought beignets one day and beignets and coffee and then, um, and then, you know, the rest is history. Oh, he bribes, came out and... bribes, bribes, bribes. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do think that is like a reflection of the city as well with like the people with that, that perseverance and they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna yeah. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make it happen and I'm gonna persevere and go with it. I think that you know that's what the city's about a lot of people. Um and well, it ties into it. And and it does as well. So think like you know Katrina in 2005. So it's now 2023. So you think about you know people who were kids maybe just mm. born you know, my, my one of my de- my dear neighbors you know her daughters are are 17 they're seniors in high school that she was pregnant you know pregnant with twins and had yeah. to evacuate so, but there were there were children you know who were 5 10 15 years old at the time who were traumatized and i think you know again to tie it back into like the importance of of mental health and and how the saints really galvanized the city it's like we're seeing it it's only we're not even 20 years out and we're barely able to get perspective, you know, Mm. on, it's like, it's like the same with, you know, it's easy to analyze sports. Like everything's, you know, hindsight's always 2020, right. And the further back you get, you can say like, Oh wow. Well, you know, this player was the greatest of all time, things like that. But you know, it's, it's, we're still, understanding the repercussions from from Katrina and and um and so you know I think I think again that's that's one reason why you see I mean you will never see better costuming than at a Saints game you know in any I don't care what arena you're in um so yeah, our friend Max yeah. dresses up as uh, Darth Maul, but black and gold, and he puts the horns on and stuff. People uh, have like the sake. best handmade. Co- yes, they're all of it. I mean, I, I just, I love it. It's, it's so much fun. It's so yeah. much fun to go to a game. But, but also the people of that city, they, they, they get practice every year, don't they, with costumes? So <laughs> they have a, they have an advantage. They really do. And uh, you know, everybody looks good in black and gold, even myself and Dan. I- say too i have to say we have the best colors we do it's so much yeah, fun yeah. to dress and accessorize um a- so absolutely yeah. Yeah, i i absolutely. would hate to be a bronco well i think that was that was one of the things i said at the you know the cancer dinner the other night it was like you know cancer is like the weirdest club that is like of course you know like i i didn't want to be a cancer spokesperson but here we are you know it's like imagine you know you you're suddenly thrust into this club it's like you know i said to keith kirkwood i'm like what imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and found out you got traded to the falcons like it's like like, geez oh wonderful <laughs> yeah, and 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 yet again, as you said, black and gold that looks good on everyone. It's yeah. um, so the, the facility. So you eventually got to see the the strength and conditioning coach. What 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 sort of happened after that? I mean, myself and Dan know, but for people who may be listening, what 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 happened once you got to see him? So the uh, Dan, uh, you know, the receptionist had sent him an email. I, again, I had like a flight leaving that night. I gave myself Monday to a Friday to, to try yeah. and make this thing work and friday afternoon he came out brought me into his office 
you know, I, of course, recognized Drew Brees. His office was inside. So there's the, you know, the giant weight room. And then, you know, the strength coaches offices are right inside there with glass. And, you know, so they can obviously observe. And and um, he brings me into his office and I see Drew Brees. I can tell, you know, there's all the team. They're all doing their lift. And and um, he we chatted for two hours just about athletics and body mechanics and, uh, and life and and really yeah. just. Um, just like immediately hit it off. Um, and, you know, after two hours, he said, you know, thank you so much for the information that, you know, I had all kinds of data and, and things for him. Yeah. Um, he said, Thanks for the information, but there is no precedent for yoga in the NFL. Please stay in touch. And I shook his hand and I said, thank you. And I flew back to Philadelphia and I immediately packed, I mean, I, you know, packed like a few boxes, left pretty much everything else behind and, and just came down here with my son and got a little one bedroom apartment. And so that meeting happened in April of 2016. And so I moved down here and I think I had sent him one follow-up thank you email with some, uh, you know, some other research report attached, but um, I was by, uh, by July, I was sweating it. Yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> And I'm like, uh oh, like I, yeah, yeah. I think I applied for a job at Starbucks, and then, um, and then a few <laughs> days later, a few days later, I got a text that just said, you know, can you come back out to the training facility? And I thought, oh my gosh, I, you know, I got a second interview. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so I went out there, and and I shook his hand and I said, thank you so much for having me, and and. He's like, great. There are 93 guys in the indoor football field. You have 15 minutes to warm them up. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I walk out on the football field and this is a huge indoor, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. room. I literally, I just walk up and all I remember is like Cam Jordan was in the front and he's such a personality and he was like kind of, you know, like talking the whole time and and so I just, I basically, I'm like, all right, everybody lift your arms up by your ears, bend your knees, sit back and do a squat. And, you know, that's, I find like the easiest way to get people to pay attention is like you pop them in a squat or a plank or something hard, and then yeah. you can talk. So as they're squatting, I just said, you know, hey guys, my name is Jess. I was a junior Olympic swimmer and trained in yoga and Pilates and martial arts and, uh, you know, many different other disciplines. I'm here to stretch you out and uh, keep you injury free, fold forward, touch your toes. So, you know, 14 minutes I, later, like, I just, I thought to myself, honestly, at the time I was like, I was, as I'm screaming, as I'm sweating, as I'm like shaking, as it was happening, I'm thinking like, wow, what an incredible honor. And yeah, I yeah. couldn't wait. At the time, my mom was, was terminally ill. And I, I remember, mm. you know, just like, I, I couldn't wait to tell her. And, yeah. and so I walk off the field afterwards and I shook Dan's hand and I said, thank you so much for the opportunity. And he was like, you're hired. See you Monday morning. Um, wow. So I remember, I do remember going home and calling my mom and telling her, and she was, she, my parents were both attorneys, um, you know, so, but she was a lifelong teacher with a stack of degrees. And, and I yeah. think, uh, I think one of her biggest regrets you know, is that I did not go to college and did not, you know, earn those degrees. But yeah. when I became a teacher, even though it was yoga and so different from, you know, teaching law and ethics, uh, yeah. she, I think that was honestly, to this day, I think that that was the proudest that she ever 
was yeah. of me was when and I remember her saying yeah. like <clears throat> Jessica you know this is this is so amazing I'm so proud of you you're you know you're an incredible teacher um but make sure you keep learning and make sure you stay humble yeah. you can brag to me because I'm your mom but um mm -hmm. but she's like just make sure that you're you're, you're serving your students yeah and and yeah again with obviously with the with the backstory you know with 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 um with your mom just great that you had the opportunity to make her feel that proud as well um so that she got the opportunity to see you sort of attain that and she and she was proud of you and that's wonderful in itself absolutely huge blessing yeah yeah i i i go back to the fact that you had the you had the handshake and then you went back to philadelphia and then you actually just moved down i mean god the, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, even hearing that now scares me you know i, I don't I, 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 yeah i was gonna say i remember I, like after you we first interacted you I, I read that story and i was like mike we have to get jess to talk to us this is absolutely amazing <laughs> like i was blown away by that story like because it's the kind of thing that i dream of doing like, packing up and moving yeah. to the states i'm like that's what i want to do but like, i know it's the same as moving country but just to take that leap of faith yeah. and trust in yourself and say i'm gonna make this mm. work I, I, yeah. I well, incredibly inspiring. but i think that's like the lesson that's the and and guess what every time that i've done you know a podcast or, or an article or something has come out of that nature i have a million people who send me messages and yeah. and I always the ones that are, you know, when people want to relate and talk about cancer or mental health and things like that, I, I tried. I really do my best to respond because those yeah. things mean so much to me. But when people mm -hmm. say, you know, I get a lot of messages, too. They're like, hey, how do you get a job? And like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I can't give you any no. advice. Like I, I, I went out on a limb and, and listen, I always advocate like take the leap. Right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's, you know, I mean, I could have gone back to Philadelphia. Sure. Yeah. If it didn't. And, and to be honest, even, even I remember very clearly now at the time, my mom had just been told she was terminally with cancer. She had two years to live. And I was kind of debating like, do you know, do I, mom, do you want me to move home to Virginia, mm. you know, with my, my son, you know, with yeah. my, my little son at the time. And, and she was very adamant, like, no, go, like, go to New Orleans, follow this dream. Like, and everybody, including her said, I love you, but like, it's <laughs> no, it's not going to happen, yeah. but I love you and go do it anyways, go yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. And so it really was like, I, I mean, I can't, it's like, yes, I think showing up in person is always you know, better than a cold call or a cold yeah. email, right? Having passion, knowing what you're like, ha you know, having, having like a real, I mean, I had the, a lifetime of being an athlete right yeah. behind me. And then all of this training and all of that to support it and all of this research to support why my training and, you know, all these things, but also it's just like, it was also just like kind of dumb luck. Like I just happened to pick the right you know, the fact that I was like, hmm, where would yoga fit if it were going to exist here? I think it would be strength yeah. and conditioning. You know, yeah, so that, yeah, I mean, yeah, these yeah. were all, it was like a series of like all these happy accidents. And Dan Dalrymple, again, to, to like to this day, he will always remain like the person who gave me my shot. Like he mm. is my mentor. He's, I consider him a dear friend, even though he now is with the Broncos. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I forgive him that. And, and we, <laughs> we talk all the time because it was, it, it was like partially, yes, sure. There was like passion and, and research and, and things like that. I mean, 
I am very much a person, I think, because of the things that I've gone through in my life, I always just feel like, why not? Yeah. Like, and that I can was the, always. That was the piece that caught me. It was like that. This is where I want to be. Even like I said to Mike, we don't even have to talk about the Saints. Like just your conviction saying, I want to be in New Orleans and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a leap to to go there. That was yeah, that was a piece for me. I remember being on the plane. There was a, a, a little plane ride to one of the, you know, when I was traveling around Belize, um I, I again just like with a backpack and you know, very little money and and um and I, I was on a I took this flight where it was like the smallest plane I'd ever been on. There were two people in the back. And when I go with my little backpack and I, I look, the only open seat is the co-pilot seat. And I look and the pilot, the pilot is literally, the pilot was like 17 years old. I, I swear. And, and so I look and he just like, you know, he's just like, there's your seat. So I sit co-pilot, you know, he turns on the plane and like all the controls come toward me. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. And we're, and of course, you know, it's like, and we're, we're taking off on a strip literally like right over the ocean. So, mm. I mean, I, I just remember like looking back at the two people in the backseat of the plane and looking over this like 17 year old pilot and the immediate fear took over. Yeah, And then as the plane is like starting to go and we're taking off down the runway and I'm looking at the ocean, I'm I'm was like, we very well, I mean, this plane is like falling apart. We very well might die right now. And, and that's like, when I have those moments in life, it's just like, what are you scared of? Hmm. Like as a, as a person who's experienced deep depression to the point where I've felt like I don't want to be alive anymore. Yeah what is it then what are you scared of now you know like yeah. life is life really life is so short and that is like mm. you know the message to me through cancer and through you know whether it's like in sports like you don't know you know you a career ending injury could happen at any mm. given moment um you know a life ending injury can happen at at any moment it's you know it's just the the awareness of that fleeting nature of life the awareness that yeah. the time is always now you know is so real and visceral when you have you know something like cancer it's it's yeah. literally i mean i wake up every day and and on the mornings where i don't immediately burst into tears i feel grateful that i do have this you know, I am, I am, I have this awareness that, you know, again, life is really short. I mean, I, I left the, yeah. I left the cancer center the other day and, um, and I think I was crying and I was riding my bike and, um, and then a little old lady in a Cadillac almost killed me. She almost ran me over. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I, I was laughing. She was devastated she pulled up and she rolled down her window and she's like oh baby you're all right oh, i'm so sorry baby and you know in this great southern yeah, accent yeah. and i'm like i was like i was like no ma'am i'm fine i was like no worries i said i just came out of the cancer center i'm like i said if that's gonna kill me or you who knows but you know here we yeah, are yeah, it yeah. was just like yeah you know and that's, it's, it's that's, a, one, that's life yeah i was gonna say one of the things when i was 
dealing with you know, my mentor, one of the things I read a book called 4,000 Weeks, which is along a similar line. It's like the average person only lives for 4,000 weeks. And that seems like such a small amount of time. Yeah, But yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. If you live to 80 years old, that's only 4,000 weeks. And yep. it just reinstalls that appreciation for being being here and, and the time we have, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and, and also, again, like, I, I, I love New Orleans. You know, the, like with any city in in the world, there it's got plenty of problems. Like, I mean, yeah. we we don't even have to talk about the potholes, no. but um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, oh my gosh, um, but but you know, I I'm sure if if it weren't for my son and the saints, I I probably would have like you know flitted here there and gone back and forth. But this is actually the longest that I've lived in any city in mm. my adult life um and that is again because of um you know the the saints feel like family i i don't yeah. have my mom i have you know i have uh, siblings who are scattered um but yeah. but the saints feel feel like my family you know right right underneath my my son and so yeah. you know for better and for worse we stick with you know we stick with with what we love right yeah. i'm not gonna give up on new orleans when we have a an injury or a bad season or you know a hurricane or whatever the case yeah and that that goes back that guy because you there was also a quote i think that you said where obviously when you were deciding to to sort of give uh new orleans a try and, and you know and try and, and try and get yoga within within the organization and i think you said something that about um that you had to have something to, to change in your life that felt it, it felt like you wanted to live it or something along those lines. And I, um, so and I, I, I sort of love that because, you know, I, I used to be a risk taker and I'm not anymore. And I don't know why that is, but that sort of, that's the type of quote that sometimes sort of hits me in the stomach um, because I can see how sometimes other people live their lives. Um, and yeah, that, that sort well, of, you, I'm, you know, I, I am a very much, I think a risk as long as my child's safe, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know we have boundaries yeah. and, and things Absolutely. like that, you know, yeah, my yeah. child's taken care of, but, but, but that, you know, once those parameters are, are in place, then I'm, I'm, there's, there's yeah. almost nothing that I wouldn't, do or try no place I wouldn't go um you know people mm. ask me out like the players ask I was so cute I as I was talking to um Eric McCoy and Zach Vaughn the other day so we were talking about uh traveling and um I just love I love Eric McCoy can I say he is he's he's the best breather on the entire team he's the best <laughs> breather I have ever taught in my entire life he and I think that because Max Unger before him um you know was the same like there's something there's some quality about like the center and you think like in yo or you know just even the word center like you want someone who is grounded and focused and like totally just like in it and that could not describe both max unger and eric mccoy like more to mm. a key. so so eric's like doing i tell all the guys if you need like if you need to know how to like breathe properly just go talk to eric um yeah you know? yeah and he's team captain, one of the captains this year. So like he's there, and and we're breathing deeply, and but we're kind of like chatting about travel and 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 everything. And I was I said something to them about it was like yeah, last time I was, I think the last time I was in Spain, 
was, um, you know, before it was like before there were cell phones. I mean, they were just they're like, how did you travel before? Yeah, I had a Lonely Planet guidebook and you just yeah. had to like go and cross kids. your fingers. And they're like, wow, that's wild. You know, Jessica, but, but these, me, these, like... these kids, these kids know <laughs> no better, do they? Nobody. Yeah. I mean, bloody hell. I mean, but, you know, yeah, taking those risks, like it's just I just think that's that's truly where like the the spice of of yeah. life is and i'll you know i'll 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 just end with like one marcus davenport who i i don't remember which once i when the guys like guys that i love when they when they get traded or they leave i i almost like have to i just he's he'll always be like number 92 to me um yeah. but marcus davenport the first time we ever did yoga I remember him he was in like a warrior pose you know he's got his arms out and it was just it was really beautiful you know it's, it's beautiful to see these these athletes you know they're incredible specimens and then to see them in like a beautiful yoga pose like yeah it sometimes gets me a little choked up and you know so he's <laughs> in this position and he's breathing and and um and he he literally just looked over to me and he was like, would you rather be safe or free? And I was like, pardon? And he repeated himself. And I like, without even thinking, I just said free. Yeah. And he goes, me too. Yeah. And then it was like 10 minutes of silence. And then, you know, it was like after like 10 minutes, I was like, do you mind like expounding on like, do you want to? Like, and he just, well, he said to me, he goes, you know, Jess, I always, I always just felt like, you know, if I didn't make it to the NFL, I wanted to be a philosophy professor. Uh, okay. And, and I really like, so from then on, we would just always, you know, a lot of the guys are into stoicism and we, we talk about all these different things. Uh, but but it just really that struck me because, um, you know, I think that growing up, you know, with with educated parents in a like mm. fairly like middle or, uh, you know, upper middle class family, um, there was a sense of safety. Right. I didn't ever have to worry about not having food or, or a place to yeah. sleep. Um, unless I was intentionally running away from home. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but. I, I think, and so for me, freedom is like yeah. one of the greatest things that I can afford. And then, you know, I can also see how if you've if you've never had any safe, sense of safety in your life, and you're just free to do whatever, that state. So again, like with everything else in life, I think it's just yeah. balance. And some people, yeah. some people need the push to like, go take a risk, take a leap, like yeah, do yeah, something yeah. crazy. And then other people you're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, rein it in. Come on. Let's yeah. find some stability and balance. And that's just, it's, you know, we're all different. We're all human. Exactly. Like yeah. life dictates life. Um, I think, I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's like that, that's, that's the way, I, you know, certain people approach life based on some of the things that have gone in their life, you know, but I think, Jessica, thank we, we've kept you on so long, and it's been absolutely magical, personally. Uh, Dan, have you got anything else that you'd like to you'd like to ask? Jessica? No, I just wanted. To, it's been an absolute privilege talking to you, Jessica. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and sharing yeah. your your stories and your insights. Um, really, a real privilege for us. Uh, and just to see how excited you are 
about New Orleans, even though you've been living there for, you know, yeah. 12 years or, or whatever. It's still that excitement that comes across is, you know, it's it's quite infectious, I think. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, well, just so great. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I, I really, I love... I love the city and I love the Saints and it's so it was such a cool surprise to realize that you guys don't <laughs> even not only are you not in New Orleans but you're all the way in the UK like it's just I think so sweet yeah. so um, I really look forward let me know when you guys are here let's grab when you guys get coffee with Doug or when you go to the game or whatever um, please do be in touch yeah. I would love to oh to definitely uh, absolutely that would be, be magical uh, yeah and once then, again Jessica Thank you so You'll much. come out to the facility, right? You'll come out to the facility and check it out. Well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, if we get the opportunity, oh, we will. If we got the opportunity, yeah. yeah, we'd love to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's we'll talk. Um, but again, thank you for your support of this, uh, this fine city. <laughs> uh, hey, thank you for thank you for your honesty um, as well. It, it, you know, I think it, it's been a it's been a great conversation all round because obviously with with all the things that are happening both in October and on this day for us to. As three um, people who, you know, don't we don't all know each other, but we've spoke openly about um, certain certain issues, and I, I hope that's helpful to other people as well. Yeah, and I'm sure so. I'm sure you can add in your show notes. I mean, I know in the United States there's the American Cancer Society. There are a million. I mean, it, we call it crucial catch in the NFL, but there are so many support. Um, systems and and groups out there, whether yeah. you're struggling with depression or anxiety, a mental yeah. health, suicide hotlines, all of it. Um, yeah. Again, the the yeah, we'll do, I, I, you know I love the title of your podcast, the Saints, the City, and Me. It really is like it is we, and yeah. um and so you know as much as we can be there for each other, whether it's you know just as human beings or as as Saints fans, the better. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you Jessica. So much, Jessica. Thank you guys so much. All right. Bye. Bye.